self-development with tactics. So today we're gonna start with part three of the uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle book summary by the slowww.co site. Maybe there is a link in the description, I don't think so, but if you Google it, you're gonna find it. So just Google um, Eckhart Tolle A New Earth summary and it's gonna pop up right away. Um, so yeah. I think, by the way, in part two, what the fuck is so loud today? Why? Why? Why does this have to be the case? Anyway, um, a new earth, the history of humanity. If the history of humanity were the clinical case history of a single human being, the diagnosis would have to be chronic paranoid, <laughs> paranoid delusions, a pathological uh, propensity to commit murder and acts of extreme violence and cruelty against his perceived quote-unquote enemies. His own unconsciousness projected outward, criminally insane with a few brief lucid intervals. For thousands of years, humanity has been increasingly mind-possessed, failing to recognize the possessing entity as not-self. Through complete identification with the mind, a false sense of self, the ego, came into existence. The possibility of such a transformation has been the central message of the great wisdom teachings of humankind. The messengers, Buddha, Jesus and others, not all of them known, were humanity's early flowers. They were precursors, rare and precious beings, a widespread I'm sorry, a widespread flowering wasn't yet possible at that time and their message became largely misunderstood and often greatly distorted. It certainly did not transform human behavior except in a small minority of people. Throughout history, though, there have always been rare individuals who experienced a shift in consciousness and so realized within themselves that toward which all religious points point, I'm sorry, uh, to describe that non-conceptual truth they then used the conceptual framework of their own religions. Religions, to a large extent, became divisive rather than ununifying forces. Instead of bringing about an ending of violence and hatred through a realization of the fundamental oneness of all life, they brought more violence and hatred, more divisions between peoples as well as between different religions and even within the same religion. They became ideologies, belief systems people could identify with and so used them to enhance their false sense of self. Through them they could make themselves quote-unquote right and others quote-unquote wrong and thus define their identity through their enemies, the others, the non-believers or wrong believers, who not infrequently they saw themselves justified in killing. In spite of all the insane deeds uh, perpetrated in the name of religion, the truth to which they point still shines at their core. It still shines, however dimly, through layers upon layers of distortion and misinterpretation. No doubt, the human mind is highly intelligent, yet it is very in yet its 
very intelligence is tainted by madness. Science and technology have magnified the destructive impact that the dysfunction of the human mind has upon the planet, other life forms and upon humans themselves. The despite history of the 20th century is where that dysfunction, that collective insanity, can't be most clearly recognized. A further factor is that this dysfunction is actually intensifying and accelerating. By the year 1914, however, the highly intelligent human mind had invented not only the international combustion engine, but also bombs, machine guns, submarines, flamethrowers, and poison gas, intelligence in the service of madness. The hippie movement represented the loosening of the hitherto rigid ergoic structures in the psyche of humanity. The movement itself denigrated and came to an end, but it left behind an opening, and not just in those who were part of the movement. This made it possible for ancient Eastern wisdom and spirituality to move west and play a central part in the awakening of global consciousness. Yes, indeed, I would say so as well. Um, at these times that we are finding ourselves in, um, it becomes more and more clear that Eastern influences, well, Eastern things just really influence the West. Um, as we see in, I don't know, maybe cultural changes, changes in how to act, what to wear, um, food that we eat. I mean, I, I just totally appreciate that and I totally love that to just, you know, see different cultures, um, different traditions as well. Um, I don't know, it's, it's just really interesting. It really is. I would appreciate, um, especially I think traditions to be more open and, you know, open for public. I do understand why those cultures and or those people are trying to, you know, keep those traditions quite close to them in terms of, okay, we're going to have it in a private room. We're not going to do it on the streets or whatever it might be, but which has really been interesting for me, especially when it is about Eastern cultures, you know, whether it is very, very East, Japan, China, whatever, or um, Turkey, and so on and so forth, like, um, interesting, just interesting. As tribal cultures developed into the ancient civilizations, certain functions began to be allotted to certain people. Ruler, priest or priestess, warrior, farmer, merchant, craftsman, laborer, and so on. A class system developed your function, which in most cases you were born into, determined your identity. Determined who you were in the eyes of others, as well as in your own eyes. Your function became a role, but it wasn't recognized as a role. It was who you were or thought you were. Only rare beings at the time, such as the Buddha or Jesus, saw the ultimate irrelevance of caste or social class, recognized it as identification with form and saw that such identification with the conditioned and the temporal obscured the light of the unconditioned and eternal that shines in each human being. In our contemporary world, the social structures are less rigid, less clearly defined than they used to be. Although most people are of course still conditioned by their environment, they are no longer automatically assigned a function and with it an identity. In fact, in the modern world, more and more people are confused as to where they fit in, what their purpose is and even who they are. And I'm raising my hand just to let you know. Um, it really is difficult for me um, to figure out and, and understand uh, what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, some sort of my purpose. 
I do understand like uh, a thing that I've naturally been gifted with, which is athleticism. Um, I've I've always enjoyed sports. I've I've always you know basically loved it. Um, it's been my life. I've played soccer. I've um, well, that's quite it. But I've also always enjoyed physical education. Um, it's been amazing, and I do think that this might be one of the things that I was born for. You know, to to move myself and to be active. And I mean, I've been working out for regularly for I think five years maybe even six you know my body and um, how it is structured and how it is built doesn't really um, show that amount of time Um, which basically is also due to the fact that I've not always been too serious about it you know I've always enjoyed you know working out and then moving my body but I've not always thought about optimizing it, especially when it comes to diet, which is a big part of it. But um, I've been working out for quite some time and I still do it six times a week and I enjoy it most often. Sometimes it's a drag, sometimes it's something that I need to be doing at first at least, but afterwards I most often feel really, really good about myself. Anyway, humanity's current challenge today. Am I going to go? Yeah, it's probably going to be the last thing. To end the misery that has afflicted the human condition for thousands of years, you have to start with yourself and take responsibility for your inner state at any given moment. That means now. Responding to a radical crisis that threatens our very survival. This is humanity's challenge now. The dysfunction of the egoic, I'm sorry, egoic human mind, recognized already more than 2,500 years ago by the Asian wisdom teachers and now magnified through science and technology, is for the first time threatening the survival of the planet. The collective disease of humanity is that people are so engrossed in what happens, so hypnotized by the world of fluctuating forms, so absorbed in the content of their lives, and they have forgotten the essence that which is beyond content, beyond form, beyond thought. They are so consumed by time that they have forgotten entire. Uh, eternity, I'm sorry, which is their origin, their home, their destiny. Eternity is the living reality of who you are. We only need uh, to watch the daily news on television to realize that the madness has not abated. Let me drink something pretty quickly. I'm probably not going to cut it out. Because there's still sounds. And whenever there's still sounds, I'm probably not going to cut it out. That's a rhyme. Thank you. Bye-bye. No, just joking. <laughs> um, um, so, we only need to watch daily news on television to realize that the madness is not abetted, that it is continuing into the 21st century. Another aspect of the collective dysfunction of the human mind is the unprecedented uh, violence that humans have are inflicting on other life forms and the planet itself, the destruction of oxygen-producing forests and other plant and animal life, ill-treatment of animals and factory farms and poisoning of rivers, oceans and air, driven by greed, ignorant of their connectedness to the whole, humans persist in behavior that, if continued uh, unchecked, can only result in their own destruction, which is probably going to happen. A significant portion of the Earth's population will soon recognize, if they haven't already done so, that humanity is now faced with a stark choice. Evolve or die. 
a still relatively small but rapidly growing percentage of human humanity is already experiencing within themselves the breakup of the old egoic mind patterns and the emergence of a new dimension of consciousness. When faced with a radical crisis, when the old way of being in a world of interacting with each other and with the realm of nature doesn't work anymore, when survival is threatened by seemingly insurmountable problems, an individual life form or a species will either die or become extinct or rise above. The limitations of its condition through an evolutionary leap. When you live in a world deadened by mental abstraction, you don't sense the aliveness of the universe anymore. Most people don't inhibit a living reality, but a conceptualized one. Uh, we are a species that, lo that has lost its way. Everything natural, every flower or tree, and every animal have important lessons to teach us if we would only stop, look and listen. There is only one perpetrator of evil on the planet, human unconsciousness. That realization is true forgiveness. With forgiveness, your victim identity dissolves and your true power emerges. The power of presence, instead of blaming the darkness, you bring in the light. Compassion arises when you recognize that all are suffering from the same sickness of the mind, some more actually than others. Spiritual practices that evolve the physical body, such as Tai Chi, Qigong and Yoga, are also increasingly being embraced in the Western world. Yeah, guess what? Why? These practices do not create a separation between body and mind and are helpful in awakening the pain body. They will play an important role in the global awakening. What is arising now is not a new belief system, a new religion, spiritual ideology or mythology. We are coming to the end not only of mythologies but also of ideologies and belief systems. The change goes deeper than the content of your minds, deeper than your thoughts. In fact, at the heart of the new consciousness is the transcendence of thought, the newfound ability of rising above thought, of realizing a dimension within yourself that is infinitely more vast than thought. You then no longer derive your identity, your sense of who you are from the incessant stream of thinking that in the old consciousness you take to be yourself. What a liberation to realize that the voice in my head is not who I am. Who am I then? The one who sees that. The awareness that is prior to thought. The space in which the thought or the emotion or sense perception happens. So I don't want to repeat that. I think it is interesting to think through. Who am I then? Oh, let me... What a liberation to realize that the voice in my head is not who I am. Who I am then? The one who sees that. Which is actually pretty interesting if you think about it. Like, we all have a voice in our heads or in our head. You know, I don't have three heads. Would be cool though, to some degree, in certain situations. Anyway. When I'm thinking about something, this is not me, because I'm seeing it, I'm noticing it, at least I can if I want to. Which makes things quite clear, I would say, and I've, you know, it's pretty interesting that it's, it's striking me right now, or striking me right now, and that it's <laughs> not been doing that before, but 
when I'm thinking something, you know, probably, or maybe, not probably, but maybe something bad, something that I should not be thinking, something that I maybe shouldn't be saying to myself, this is not me. This is not who I am. I am this being, this thing that is observing everything. So in the end as well, I'm just thinking everything through. Well, everything is a bit overdone, but some things. When I'm seeing something, I am not the one who sees, but I am rather the one who observes what is being seen. If this makes any sense. Something that I think is the case is, for example, when I'm thinking something, I can judge that. And this is who I am. I'm the person who judges my thinking, you know? Because I'm observing it, I'm seeing it, I can see it at least. So when I'm also seeing something, like physically, this is not necessarily what I'm seeing, but I'm rather as well judging it. You know, my ears maybe are hearing, and or my uh, hearing organ is hearing. But I, the thing that I am, I'm only judging it. I'm only judging what I'm hearing. And I think, well, I'm actually quite sure, this is the whole point. Whatever you're seeing, whatever you're hearing, you know, for, for example, somebody else saying something mean to you, um, you're just hearing it. And then you can judge it. And then you can think about it. And then you can decide whether you should get angry or not. So the thing is, are you the one who gets angry then? I wouldn't say so as well. Because you're judging it. You're probably making the person or the thing that is angry, angry. So in the end... You can choose because you're the chatter of, of, of everything that is there, whatever it might be. So, you know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Like, I'm trying to, to go through certain things that, are, that I've been challenged with in the past few days. Um, for example, I don't know, like, let's pick me having to work tomorrow. So I know that I have to work tomorrow. Since it's my first day, I'm a bit anxious and nervous because I don't really know what I'm gonna have to deal with. And so I can observe that and judge that anxious being, this anxious self. And I think, well, I mean, there, there are certain reasons or there must be certain reasons why I'm anxious. And already what I'm seeing there is when you judge and think about the feelings that you're having, well, judging is such a, uh, a destructive and, you know, powerful word, but when you observe it, you can deal with it. And you can deal with it quite nicely and also in a way that's non-destructive. You know, you're not killing yourself. You're not uh, destroying yourself. It is like, okay, um, I'm feeling that my body, <clears throat> the thing that I am in, this thing is anxious. All my feelings are anxious, whatever it might be. It's not me in the end, because I'm observing it, I'm judging it. So what might this be to you too? What can I do about it? Probably think and think through. Like, <clears throat> Of course, it is your first day, this is something new. And always when there is something new, you don't know what to expect. It is like maybe some mechanism in the human body, you know, to just be 
uh, keep attention to small details, be a little bit more aware, because it's the first time, you know, what might happen, what could happen. But in the end, I know as well that after tomorrow, however long I'm going to have to work, I don't know yet. And also today, today I have to sign a contract and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to see and I'm hoping that I'm going to find the right place. Um, But the only thing that I can say, judging my feelings and then talking back to them and being like, well, you're going to do your best. You're going to do what you can. You're not going to be stupid because my head is not stupid. Like there's no reason why... Um, I would make a stupid decision, you know, based on the things that I know, I'm going to do what I know. And I can't do more. I can do less, but I'm not gonna. Which means, okay, if I have to be at this place, then it should be there, you know, as far as I know. Of course, you know, when you're anxious, you could do something about it. We have responsibility. We can talk to people. What what am I going to expect? What is going to happen? Also realizing that other people are having the same problem and so on. So I think it is just pretty interesting that um, I'm just a judge of everything quite that is going on in my world. So if I'm saying like it's good that I'm smoking, it is good that I'm smoking because I'm judging it. Of course, there's also a physical kind of um, layer which may not be as easy to judge and to... um, distort quite so for example when you're feeling pain um you know you yourself you're not feeling pain but um you observe the pain of course it is painful of course it's gonna hurt and whatnot are you can you kind of uh dim the pain by thinking about it and or talking to yourself well i don't know maybe still gonna be physical harm though you know pain there's a reason why we have pain anyway gonna see the next time Bye-bye.